You're listening to the Daily Audible's weekly fantasy football podcast. Everything you need to know to build winning lineups for this week's games in 30 minutes or less. Now, here's your host and fantasy maestro, Chris Lawless. What is up, Daily Audible readers and listeners, and welcome to our NFL Week 8 podcast. In this podcast, we will cover everything you need to know for the Daily Fantasy Football slate this week in 30 minutes or less. This is the main slate that you will find uh, the Roman Fantasy Football Millionaire Maker on DraftKings and the Sunday Million million, uh, Contest on FanDuel on. This podcast is brought to you by the Draft App. If you're not playing on the Draft App, you're missing out on the number one rated fantasy football app on the App Store and the Google Play Store. The Draft App is the only app that you can compete in weekly snake and auction style drafts. Um, And if you use the promo code Audible today, you can get a free entry into an NFL Week 8 contest. And we will have, um, at thedailyaudible.com, we'll have our weekly uh, player queue posted by Saturday. So we'll have um, basically our player rankings for the week. So if you're going to enter some drafts Sunday morning, Saturday night, um, you'll know exactly how we have the players rated for the draft app this week. Um, all right, when we let's um, jump right into um, this week's slate. Uh, as far as the Vegas implied totals for this week go, um, the Rams are slightly higher than Kansas City. Um, both teams are right around 33 points projected this week. Um, Cincinnati's at 29. Face the Bucks defense that uh, lost Quan Alexander last week, so they 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 lost. I mean, arguably. Uh, McCoy is their best player, but I mean, if you're looking for somebody, uh, you know, that doesn't play defensive tackle that makes plays for them, it's pretty much just Quan Alexander and he's gone now. So that defense is a mess. Pittsburgh, 29 points, uh, Indianapolis, 27 points, New Orleans, 26, Minnesota, 26, Chicago, 26, Detroit, 26. Um, and there was a couple other teams right in that 26 area. So some fairly high totals for this week. I think there's a lot of matchups that you can pick on for fantasy purposes um, here in the slate. Some of the injuries that we're looking at, um, nothing really at quarterback. Um, at running back, I think Chris Thompson plays this week. I think Marlon Mack plays this week, but it's worth noting that he's already on the injury report again. Um, obviously, everyone knows Lynch hit the IR. Um, I'm not sure what to make of the Brita injury. Um we kind of had a feeling that they'd shut him down for a week here and get him right. Um, so we we had Mostart in our in our article this week. But if Breda plays, I think you just have to avoid that. I mean, it's a really good matchup for the 49ers running backs, but I'm not sure you can trust any one of the three at this point if uh is able, able to play. If he's out, then I would have Mostart in um, for sure. Uh, Peterson's questionable. Um, he's obviously going to play, but if Thompson plays, you know, that somewhat limits his upside. That being said, you know, um, the Giants just traded away arguably the best run stopper in the league in Snack Harrison. Um, so, and they were already a top 10 RB matchup. So could be a big week for Peterson. Um, obviously, you know, with Thompson back, he's going to be, you know, really limited at upside because he won't have any role in the passing game, but, but, um, kind of a sneaky play there at 4,900. Um, Gio Bernard, um, he's trending towards not playing in my opinion. So, um, it just kind of solidifies that Joe Mixon pick. It looks like Royce Freeman's probably going to be out this week, which solidifies our, our Philip Lindsay pick, um, who also made our article. Theo Riddick's going to be out, um, you know, big week for carry on Johnson. Again, the Seattle defense is beatable and, and Detroit has, has looked really good at home. Um, well, they always do. 
the Bilal Powell injury, obviously um, not a great matchup for Crowell, but he'll probably be a solid play this week just based on volume alone. Moving forward, you know, if you're you're in a deeper season-long league, I would probably grab Elijah McGuire right now. He's a guy that we thought had a chance to start this season for for the Jets. Um, uh, other than that, you know, Peyton Barber's out. I'm still not that high on Ronald Jones. He's going to s- probably see a 50-50 split at best with um, – uh, Rogers, so there's nothing. Uh, there's no real high upside there. The Bucks can't run the ball anyways. Um, at receiver, Golden Tate's going to be fine. Cooper Cup is going to be out. Um, you know, both both the other Rams receivers are solid plays. Gurley's a solid play. Um, you know, it's kind of a dart with both both Rams receivers. We didn't put either in our lineup, but you know, if you're putting together a cash game lineup, you're fine playing either or both of them. Um, Allen Robinson. We're not going to have any shares of Allen Robinson this week. It's too hard to project after his, you know, uh, kind of pathetic snap count last week and in the fact that he's still either no practice or limited practice at this point in the week. Um, it looks like Allison's going to be back. Cobb's uh, a little more dinged up, um, and I think he's been limited this week, but he's probably going to be back. Crowder will be out again this week. Garcon's going to be out again this week. Um, and it's, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, Fitz, uh, Fitz is, I, I think he was a no practice on Wednesday, um, but he'll be fine this week as well. Okay, um, let's jump into our picks for this week. Uh, at quarterback, we gave out Andrew Luck and Matthew Stafford, um, some familiar names there. Luck's obviously been on a roll. Um, he's the third highest. He went from basically you know being off the radar to the third highest priced quarterback. Um, in this slate, having hit um, for 40, 28, 28, and then last week had 23 points despite only having 23 attempts. Um, it's looking like, it, you know, if you have them in a season-long league, you have to start them every week. And if, you, if you're, you know, putting together cash lineups, he's, you know, got that high floor. And if you're looking for GPP plays, it's certainly, you know, at Oakland um, is a spot you could expect him to have to throw the ball 40-plus times again. And um, he's such an easy stack with with T.Y. Hilton. He's going to be a popular pick for us moving forward. And obviously, you know, facing an Oakland defense um, that is bottom in the league in, in just about every stat category that we look at. Um, you know, I think they're they're dead last in sacks. They're third to last in um, or another fourth to last in opponent QB rating. Uh, TD INT ratio of 12 to 2. Um, they're giving up 270 yards per game. There's nothing not to like with this matchup. And given his, his current form, I think luck is a solid play this week. Um, Dalton's going to be a solid play this week. We already kind of broke down that, that, I mean, everybody knows that the buck secondary has been historically bad this season. Anytime you give up 21 fantasy points to Baker Mayfield and, and see it as a win for the defense, you know, they're in, they're in bad shape. So Dalton's going to have a big week this week. He's an easy stack with um, Tyler Boyd and, you know, AJ Green, obviously. Uh, actually, we like just about every Bengal out there. I think three made our article this week. I, we may have pulled Boyd at the last minute to avoid having three. Yeah, so Boyd would have been in an art, our article. But we didn't want to give out three Bengals. So um, uh, we, we do have um, Mixon and CJ Zilma and... Um, I, I would certainly have shares of Andy Dalton this weekend as well if you play more than one lineup. Um, Stafford is just underpriced, in my opinion. You know, you get him at home against a Seattle defense that hasn't been tested yet this season. Um, 
but is certainly beatable. You know, their corners are grading out horribly. The pass rush isn't, you know, what it's been in past years. Um, they've had injuries at linebacker. Um, they lost a linebacker to suspension now. Uh, so Stafford is going to have a big game this week. Um, obviously, they're going to hand the ball to carry on uh, a decent amount here, but I don't think there's going to be any. It's, it's going to be, I don't think it'll be nearly the low volume that we saw against the Dolphins, but it'll be just as efficient. You know, he's, he's passed for 75%. Completion percentage are better for three of the past four weeks. So I think you're going to see that sort of efficiency. Um, and um, so I guess just some other names to, to have on your radar. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals defense is um, really banged up. If you look at their injury report this week, they're going to be likely missing some key pieces. Um, and they were giving up um, a ton of production to begin with. You know, it's it's a shame that the Bucks can't run the ball because this would be the spot to kind of get on Ronald Jones early. Um, it looks like both or two of the starting linebackers for the Bengals are going to be out. I think they're going to be missing um, uh, their slot corner and their um, their number one corner. Um, just they're, they're going to be beat up this week. So Winston should be on your radar. You know, you'd want to, like I said, you'd want to start Jones here as well. Um, but it doesn't, you know, it's hard to trust any Bucks running back at this point. But um, yeah, Jameis is going to be a solid play this week. He's, you know, averaging four or, or, or over 30 points per week as a starter. Um, and this is arguably one of his better matchups, albeit, you know, at Cincinnati on the road. But that defense isn't what they have been. And they are um, seriously beat up. Um, all right, let's jump to running back and talk about some of our, our targets there. Um, for the first time in a while, Gurley isn't on our radar this week. Um, <clears throat> Green Bay's run defense is, is solid, and, um, you know, they have been solid over the past few seasons, and they're only getting better um, better this year. Uh, James Conner is uh, one of the few guys we would pay up for. Joe Mixon made our article. Kareem Hunt's a safe pay- pick. I think, you know, all three of those guys, um, and even if you want to throw – throw um david johnson into that category so you know you got four guys right there that if you if you want to pay up at running back um in your lineup i would have no problem starting connor mixon hunt or david johnson i think all three guys are going to be in the three x range and it's just kind of throwing a dart to pick which one you know has a multi-touchdown game and hits four x plus for you um jumping down to that second tier we already kind of mentioned carry on johnson um that line's offensive line um <clears throat> that they've rebuilt over the past two seasons is finally kind of gelling um carry on's a perfect back for it uh we're we're getting legarrett blunt and his 1.5 yards per carry out of the rotation um and theoretics out again this week so so carry on will see some third down snaps i know abdul will take a few of them but i think carry on um you know they drafted him because his pass blocking and his pass catching ability at auburn were off the charts um, so expect to see him continue to kind of develop into that three down back that they drafted him to be. And I think he has, you know, 50% plus snap chat snap count this week with, um, with Riddick out and, you know, nothing, nothing scary about the Seattle matchup. They haven't played anybody this season and they, you know, their, their numbers still aren't good. Um, Philip Lindsay made our article. He's going to see a ton of volume against the NFL's worst run defense. Um, I think most people saw, I believe it was a Monday night game that the the Broncos carved up that um, Chiefs front seven uh, with Freeman and Lindsey both averaging, you know, seven, eight, nine yards per carry and, and putting up a ton of volume on them. Um, we already kind of mentioned Peterson. 
uh, and Brita in that $5,000 range. Um, you know, <laughs> both guys are going to look like solid plays on paper. Um, but I think injuries, um, you know, you don't, we need to know if Breed is in or out. If he's out, um, then most starts are going to be a solid play. If he's in, then he might be a solid play this week. Um, based on, you know, how he practices this week, if, if he's going to get his normal volume, I think he's a good play against Arizona. Um, Peterson, if you're building the cash game lineup, I think Peterson's a safe bet to score this week. I think he's going to get 20, 20 carries, you know, somewhere around a hundred yards and a touchdown. Um, which, you know, obviously that's, that's three X volume. He's not going to catch any passes or with, uh, Thompson back this week, but, um, that's solid volume there. Um, an injury, an interesting matchup, obviously is Seattle who faces, um, arguably the second worst run defense in the NFL and the lions. Um, the the work share the you know the the workload share here is um, something to keep an eye on moving forward. Carson's still getting roughly half the snaps. Rashad Penny looked like the best running back of the bunch last week, but that's pretty subjective because he looked terrible um, to in the in, you know this year to date you know heading into that week. But that being said, you know they drafted him twenty seventh overall for a reason. He's a guy they see as a three down back um, right now. They're using Chris Carson as a three down back. Um, and Mike Davis is kind of throwing a wrench into everything. I think if it was just the two backs, I'd be fine with playing either of them in this matchup. But um, the fact that Davis is getting, you know, 30% of the snaps still is uh, extremely frustrating for fantasy owners. If you're looking for another um, va- uh, value play other than Jones this week, um, I think Crowell is, I mean, it's just, Crowell is just a good volume play um, in general this week. He's, uh, He's, he's an underrated pass catcher. You see him, um, you know, he flashed that this preseason a little bit. They gave him a chance to catch the ball a little. Um, and I believe on the year he has, what's he got on the year? He's got um, nine catches for 69 yards on 13 targets. So not bad. Um, Chicago's defense is obviously um, arguably the best in the league right now. They get pressure on the quarterback, which um, kind of, you think would benefit Crowell a little bit in the passing game. Um, they're a top three run defense. Uh, let's see what their DVOA versus the run is right now. They're yep. So they're top five in terms of DVOA against the run. You look at uh, their DVOA grade against running backs in the passing game. They're number two. They're only giving up 36 yards per game to running backs in the passing game, but the Jets don't really have an option right now. They're not going to roll cannon out there for 40% of the snaps. So you're going to see a ton of Crowell, um, and I think that changes a little bit once McGuire gets back and gets healthy and gets uh, into the rotation. Um, okay, wide receivers this week. Um, in the article, we gave out T.Y. Hilton, Kenny Galladay, and Seth Roberts. Um, obviously, Ken, uh, Hilton and Galladay are kind of stacked with our quarterbacks there. Um, I'm not I'm not one of those guys that thinks you have to stack. I just happen to really like both Hilton and Galladay's matchups this week. Galladay saw a really tough matchup last week, and... Um, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. He's the type of receiver. I just, I don't think you can cover him. I mean, on the year he's caught 29 to 43 targets, which is, um, it's not like off the charts good, but it's solid. But, uh, you look at some of the matchups he's had and he's had some tough corners to deal with and he's still seeing decent volume in this Lions offense. So he's clearly kind of transitioned into that number one guy on the outside with uh, Jones uh, kind of transitioning into more of just a big play specialist. Um, 
So look for Galladay to abuse um, Griffin this week on the right side. Uh, that's generally how they're lining up right now is Galladay on the right, Jones on the left, and Tate in the slot. And then when they go four wide, they bring in TJ Jones to 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 fill the other spot position or slot position. Um, so, we, yeah, we're really high on Galladay. Um, Griffin, um, hold on, I'll pull up Griffin's um, numbers on the year. He's, he's – uh, his, I think, believe his pro football focus grade is under 50, which is, you know, pretty weak. You look at the um, cornerback versus um, receiver matchup. It's the number one – or, I'm sorry, number six matchup of the week for PFF. Um, they grade Galladay out as an 85.2. Griffin out as a 48.4. Galladay's um, getting about two yards per route run, and Griffin's giving up about one and a half yards per route run. And, again – the Seattle defense hasn't faced a, a really good um, passing offense. Um, the, they faced one in the Rams. They got them at home, and Goff put up 320 yards on them. So I think um, Stafford will be able to do what he wants against them You know, in Detroit this week. Um, another good matchup is T.Y. Hilton um, facing that Oakland secondary that um, has, you know, you know, we already kind of talked about um, the sort of year they're having. Uh, giving up a ton of production, not getting any sort of pass rush. Um, his Hilton's uh, matchup in particular with Daryl Worley is more than beatable. Um, Worley's giving up 2.8 yards per route covered this season, um, which puts him as the uh, worst cornerback in the NFL. Um, he doesn't grade out as the worst cornerback. He's been targeted a bunch, um, which which is kind of not fair when you talk about yards per route covered, but um it's definitely a matchup that a guy like T.Y. Hilton who runs really clean routes and has great athleticism to go with it. And then has, um, you know, Frank Wright calling plays for Andrew Luck. It's kind of a perfect storm. And that's why we're so high on T.Y. Hilton moving forward this season. Um, I think he has a potential to be a top five receiver rest of year or for the rest of the year here. Um, Looking at the other receivers, you know, we kind of mentioned, you know, obviously great matchup for, AJ Green, great matchup for Antonio or uh, for um, yeah Antonio Brown. Uh, both those guys are solid plays. Or you know you're going to pay up for both of them, um, and you can make an argument that you know Juju Smith-Schuster has the better matchup for Cleveland, um, and that um, Tyler Boyd is going to have the better matchup for Cincinnati. But you know to to avoid you know the kind of top five receiver on those rosters in those favorable matchups would be silly. Um, we mentioned Cooks and Woods. The volume is going to be there for both of those guys um, for as long as Cup is out. You know, we thought that Cooks would score last week, and he ended up um, ended up doing so. He's got more red zone targets than Woods, who doesn't really have a role in the red zone for for the Rams. He doesn't get red zone targets at all. Um, but strangely, he's you know over the past three weeks, I think he's averaging um 25 yards per game rushing something like that which is helping boost his volume or his uh fantasy scoring significantly um but not there's you know the packers secondary um they're they're playing a couple of rookies you know they're playing a second year player they've got some injuries um i think they're another team let's see what they um done this season in terms of qb rating and uh so they've got 18 sacks on the year, which is right in the middle of the pack. They're giving up an opponent QB rating of 92.5, which is um, right in the middle of the pack. They're kind of just, you know, an average pass defense in general. Um, 
but it's not a matchup that we would shy away from, especially not with the Rams and um, not with Cup looking like he's going to be out again this week. Um, and, and, you know, even more so knowing that the run defense has been solid over the past few years and has looked really good as of late. So, um, you know, it's never safe to bet against Todd Gurley, but I would, you know, guess, you know, he'll throw out those occasional, you know, 20 carries for 50 yard games. So I think this could be one of those spots for Gurley where he doesn't have a ton of success and, um, cooks and woods has a, has a solid week this week. Um, I mentioned T Y Hilton. Um, there's not a lot in the middle of this slate to love. You kind of got to get down to that 5,000 range where you start to see some guys you think could be solid values. Um, this is, this is a really good spot for Taylor Gabriel. We kind of, um, have picked on him on and off this season. He's a, he's a, he's a guy that when the matchup is there, um, cause you know, you got a coach in Chicago, Matt Nagy, that's proven that he knows where the matchups are and he's proven that he knows how to use Taylor Gabriel in good matchups, and he's not afraid to target him a bunch in them. Um, we saw that um, kind of month stretch in the middle of the season where, you know, he was seeing seven to ten targets a game. And based on the matchup, he was turning those targets into um, some decent production. Uh, Taylor Gabriel this week will face a uh, uh, Jets defense that will either have uh, – they'll either be out with but, uh, out they'll have no screen or, you know, he'll be playing basically having missed a couple of weeks and, and you have to assume there will be some rust there um, as he lines up against Gabriel in the slot. Um, Packers receivers. If you're in a season long league, I would go check to see if anyone dropped Geronimo Allison because he was, uh, he was uh, putting up decent numbers prior to his injury. Um, I think he was averaging something like 15, 15 DraftKings points per game. Um, which is right at 3x uh, his current salary. So if, if Cobb is a little banged up, um, he could find some success this week against a Rams secondary that has been really struggling um, and has suffered a bunch of injuries of their own. Um, so he's, he's a guy that I would have on my radar this week and kind of um, maybe, maybe is a guy worth throwing a dart at because he's that home run hitting um, receiver. And then we mentioned Seth Roberts. Um, it's kind of a, interesting position he's in um because you wouldn't assume that he would be the guy that would that would um kind of take over the Mari Cooper role he's never been a number one receiver in his career and he plays mostly in the slot but if you look at what Cooper was doing um in terms of uh the volume of targets um and you know where he's lining up uh the whole reason that the Raiders were quick to bring in Martavis Bryant is that they saw Bryant in um and uh, Nelson working on the outside and Cooper in the slot, basically letting Amari Cooper pick on that slot receiver and use some of his route running ability to his advantage. It didn't work out. And I think that's why they were, you know, they weren't afraid to move Cooper, especially at the, for, it's crazy that they got a first round pick for him because he's not that, he's not a first round receiver. Um, so I'm kind of interested in Seth Roberts in the slot. I think that he, um, is going to be more efficient than Cooper even was there. I think he's going to see a bunch of the volume that um, Amari is kind of opening up to those receivers. You look at um, the fact that they haven't targeted Jordy a ton in the short, short passing game. And Martavis Bryant has never been that guy in, in his career. I mean, the Steelers found a way to get him involved in the possession and short passing game, but the Raiders haven't been able to do that. Um, so I think Seth Roberts is a sneaky play to reach value this week. Um, and I mean, at, at 3,400 on DraftKings, it wouldn't take much for him to do so. I think he's already done it once this year. He's already hit 3X once this year and um, has been 
at the two X range most weeks that he's been active. Um, so that's our preview for the receivers. Um, real quick to go through the tight ends, you know, most weeks we don't target the, unless, unless it's a matchup that we definitely want to exploit. Um, we don't target the, um, high dollar tight ends. I mean, you look at, uh, Kelsey having a huge year this year. Um, but at 6,800, you just can't, you can't pay up for a tight end at 6,800. Um, you know, that's, well under 3x's current value he hasn't hit 3x's current value um since week four which happened to be the denver game and we happened to target him in that one but um at 6800 here um you know i don't i'm not going to have any shares of kelsey um in fact i think you have to go down really to njoku uh to find the first guy that i think is a safe bet um, obviously, we've been picking on the Steelers' defense um, versus tight ends this season, but they're still giving up, you know, 90 yards a game to opposing tight ends. And you look at uh, Mayfield's options in the passing game, you know, he's not clicking with the outside receivers. You know, obviously, he's he's throwing the ball to Landry, but Landry is going to, you know, the Steelers are going to find a way to take away Landry from Mayfield. That's going to be kind of what they do. They get their... They get their slot cornerback this week, um, Hilton. And then if Landry moves the outside, you can expect Hayden to follow him um, there. So I don't, you know, I think he's going to have a tough week, um, Landry, this week. And Njoku is just kind of going to be that dude that gets 10 targets in a, in a plus matchup. And I, I, I think Cleveland's going to lose this game um, by a considerable bit. Um, but I think Njoku is going to see a ton of volume and a ton of production in a, in a plus matchup here. Um, and the other guy we gave out was Zoma at, uh, from Cincinnati. Um, he's been, I think he's made our article two or three times now, unfortunately. You know, this is the second time second time we've played him. Um, I think I personally had chairs of him last week. And I mean, he was right in that 3X. Actually, I think he hit exactly 3X um, because he snuck into the end zone. But we haven't got a complete game out of him where you see volume and, um, and the touchdown uh, production. He had six for 54 against the Steelers. And then last week he had just two catches for only 13 yards, but he found the end zone. So we know the Bengals want to target their tight ends in the end zone uh, or in the red zone. Um, we saw that with Tyler Eifert um, and we've seen other Bengal tight ends be productive in this offense uh, over recent years. And it's kind of come down to the fact that he's the only healthy guy left. So he should technically see decent volume plus that red zone role. Um, it's just a guy that we like. Um, and then obviously the matchup with Tampa Bay who just lost their best, um, linebacker in addition to already being the number one tight end matchup in the league in terms of yardage and DVOA. So, um, definitely a guy to have on your radar and at 3,500, you know, um, this is, this is kind of the, the thing with, uh, these low price tight ends is if you want to pay up elsewhere, um, you know, let's just, for instance, say that you want to start, um, you know, Lindsay Mixon, um, you want to pay up for Connor. Um, and then you want to, you know, you're going to pay up for, um, luck and Hilton and AJ green and Tyler Boyd. Then, you know, you can start CJ in your flex and be fine because you know, he's going to hit three X value. Like if you feel good that those higher price guys are going to hit three X value this week, then um, I wouldn't hesitate to pull the string on, you know, throwing a tight end in the flex and, and just kind of locking in that value. If, if you feel good enough about it, you know, we feel good enough about him this week, but um, everybody may not. Um, if you're looking for a real punt play, 
even cheaper. Uh, Chris Herndon is a guy that um, has scored in two straight, straight weeks. He's um, kind of taken over that passing uh, tight end role. And um, obviously this is a week that we expect, like we mentioned with um, Crowell, we expect that that check down option to be popular for, um, for Darnold as uh, the bears get, you know, obviously really good pressure on the outside with Mac and company. Okay. So that's it for the NFL podcast. We will have our 30 minute uh, college football podcast out um, likely tomorrow morning. Um, Probably first thing Friday morning, we'll have uh, the college football podcast out. Good luck this week.